Welcome back to the next episode of Pop Topic. We're here to discuss all of the latest stories or trends revolving film uh, for the first two, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess technically three weeks of November here. I'm your host, Quinton Phillipson, and to help discuss all this, we have Tristan. How are you doing today? Doing great. November just been flying by. Yeah, yeah, it really has. Honestly, I would say like the last like five weeks, I have done very little podcasting, very little editing. It's just been, it's, it's been a whirlwind. But, yeah. It's been a blur. Yeah, <laughs> it's really flew by. Uh, anything new with you though, Tristan? Over the last couple of weeks? Uh, not too much. Just been watching lots of uh, movies, whether they be Hellraiser films or movie, yeah. 2020 movies for our uh, or 2022 movies, I should say, for our, our upcoming end of the year podcast. That I know the three of us are trying to watch it, cramming as many uh, movies at the end of the year here as we can. Yeah, so that's mostly been it, really. That's yeah, good looking list so far. You know, I think it might be one of the stronger lists we have. It's been a strong year of movies, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely can't complain. You know, it's uh, November, so Black Friday. I got a new 4K TV and I got that all set up. So, you know, I've just been trying to watch movies on that now. And I also, devastating news. I don't know if you heard, Tristan. I've officially lost my world record in Mario Party. Oh, I have heard. Yeah. That's, and you haven't gotten it back yet, eh? I have not, no. But but I am yeah. trying now. I, I'm uh, unable to go for the record that I lost because it's a duo record, so I would have to call up my old roommate and have us like reconnect to practice, which is a lot harder when we're no longer living together. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you and Andrew should do it. You <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. Um this is, so I'm going for a different record that the same guy holds. So uh, he's still going to lose one record at the end of the day. I'm you gonna, should make all of his records. Uh, he, he's one of the highest Mario speedrunners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he makes money off of this. I don't, I don't know if I got the time to beat him for everything. Not yet, Clinton. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, maybe once this podcast starts hitting off, I can afford to just stay at home and speedrun while editing the whole time or something. But, you know, for now... Still working, <laughs> don't have too much time, but I'll eventually get my record back. Um, it, it was three and a half years I, I held it. I'm, I'm coming back for it. I believe in you. You can yeah. do it. Really, it's the only thing I held to my name. Like, like when I pass away, uh, I, I, you know, I want to at least hold a record. I can't let some scumbag like him take it away from me again. So yeah, exactly. So you know, aside from the sad news of the record and the good news of my new TV, uh, you know, nothing. Nothing too much going on on my life. It's the same old, same old. Obviously, tons of news <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Probably just touching on the more recent stuff, though, because, you know, it's kind of old news when it's over a few weeks old. I think the biggest film news of this last week or so would be James Gunn now being one of the core, you know, uh, one of the heads of the DCEU now. Yeah, there are now two heads of the DCEU. Uh, James Gunn being more of the creative head, and some other, I don't know, some other guy in a suit being more of the, the business head. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's probably there and, to uh, <laughs> kind of keep Gunn on a bit of a leash to maybe uh, not, not go too crazy at times. But yeah, I, I feel like it is mostly uh, through Gunn's vision. Yeah, yeah, which I think is exciting news. I think for a while now, they've needed some strong creative head at the head of this, someone who understands movies and comic books and these these heroes more so than just a business guy in a suit it's great they still have that business guy in a the suit there but they now have someone who is a, a creative a visionary someone who who wants stories to tell that kind of stuff like james james gunn at the head of it here and i think that's pretty exciting we've seen him do lots of really great work uh both in marvel mcu and in the dceu and so to see him now continue leading uh the dceu here i'm quite excited for it yeah so they did also announce that they're going to be announcing kind of the DCEU plans within two months. We're going to find out kind of the groundwork they're going to be setting down for all these films. Did you want to make any bold predictions? Maybe not what's going to be announced in two, within the next two months, but just as a whole for DCEU. Do you, do you have like maybe some crazy movie ideas you think might happen with James Gunn? Well, I think long term, and I, I think this might now with James Gunn in charge here, might have the slimmest possibility. I'm talking like, like, like 10 years down the road here, if things really do go crazy. Uh, a possible MCU versus DCE. Yeah, that's kind of what I was leading at. I, I, I don't even think it's like slimmest. I think 
it's almost a guarantee unless DCU just continues to do terrible. But if DCU just actually starts making good movies, I don't see how this isn't going to be a thing now because James Gunn and Kevin Feige are very close and very friendly yeah, and they're, they're very professional firm. together. And I think even after it was announced that he got it, Kevin Feige, you know, yeah. tweeted out support. Hey, congrats to my friend James Gunn over at DCU. Wish you guys all the best kind of, kind of tweets. And so, yeah, I would not be surprised at all if, you know, I think we will see uh, the two companies maybe buddy up a little more than they have been in the past and possibly see some of uh, some teasers at the end of movies for the two of them leaning together. Probably not for a while, because I think MCU is right now so focused on their, you know, their five, ten-year plan that they have fleshed out for phase, you know, what is it, like five through six or whatever they yeah. have planned out right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if, say, phase seven or eight That's now is a, uh, a, a DCEU, MCU kind of crossover. And I guarantee you, the way they introduce it is an egg credit scene in a DC film, Nick Fury shows up and goes, I want to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. That'd be pretty good. Uh, to be Nick fair, Fury for sure is popping up the end of a DC film and uh, yeah. like an approach credit scene, and that'll be like the the tease leading up to the the big MCU DC film. You're probably right, uh, and I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of over the whole end credit thing, because it seems pointless to me. I think that would be like that. It'd be a good moment, but I feel like in an actual movie, it would be way more exciting, wouldn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and I agree. Couldn't I've. Now you've already mentioned how being, you know, kind of over the end credit scenes. I am very much over the end credit scenes uh, for multiple reasons. First off, the credits are now 15 minutes long. I am in there for an extra 15 <laughs> minutes in that theater waiting for a 10-second clip at the end of them eating pizza or something stupid. All right? Credits are too damn long to be having scenes at the end of them now. Either make your credits shorter, make them faster, or put the scenes at the beginning of them instead of at the end of them. Yeah. That's, I, I'm so done with them. That... And back in the day, the point, like, in the phase one of the MCU, that end credit scene was the only part of the whole movie that was, like, the shared connected yes. universe part, right? The actual bulk of the film, you'd have a 90 to a two-hour film that was a tight solo story, solo superhero film, just the movie. That is a full, complete movie. And then you'd have a 30-second to a 60-second clip at the very end where they kind of go, oh, this is within the same universe as that other movie I watched last year. That's fun. I like that. Right, but now the entire ninety-minute to two and a half-hour film is just a big mashup of all these superheroes. No solo film has only one hero anymore. Every solo film has at least two to three to four subsequent side heroes, B or C or possibly even D-list superheroes. Right, uh, along with the A-list star at that the head of the solo film. That these thirty seconds clips at the end of the the credits don't feel anything special anymore. They're just thirty seconds of more footage. It's like the lamest wait for a deleted scene I ever have to experience. And it's no longer fun. It's not like the, the multiverse section of the movie anymore. Now it's just, oh, yeah, well, we already knew that uh, Blade is happening next year. Now we just know for sure. You know what I mean? Like, we already knew it. Like, it's not even like where we're getting movies announced anymore. Because we already know the movies before the end credit scene even happens, right? So the teaser in the end credit scene for a movie we already know is existing isn't really that exciting. Yeah, I also just think... It just takes away any hype from the movie itself. Like, I haven't seen Black Adam yet, and I haven't seen Wakanda Forever yet because, well, I'm not going to go to theaters and watch them. But all I know about the movies is the end credits. That's what people talk about online. I don't know anything about the actual movies. I just know the end credit scene to both of those films because, you know, I follow a lot of film online and, you know, I'm going to get spoiled on stuff for blockbusters. I've accepted that. That worried about getting spoiled for DCEU or MCU, because the buzz isn't about the movie anymore. The buzz is about the 30-second clip at the end to hype up the next movie. It's literally like a franchise machine. People just watch the movie and go, okay, cool, but let's, oh my god, oh my god, that teaser for the next movie? That's crazy. Like, no one cares about the actual movie anymore. It's insane. Like, I know the next movie after Black Adam and the next movie after Wakanda Forever, because they, like, tease setups at the end in their teaser 30 second clip after the credits because that's what people talk about like there's no more care or love towards like actual movie making it's just like the little trailer teaser at the end of the movie and the little credit like those end credits take away from the movie it literally like people don't care about the movies anymore it's kind of crazy i haven't seen an end credit scene since 
I don't know, maybe, maybe Endgame? What, what was Endgame's credit scene? I can't think of it, but I, I'm sure that's the one I probably saw. I haven't seen one in Endgame years. Endgame didn't have one. Didn't Endgame just have the, the, the digging noise? Oh, okay, that's probably why I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, mind you, Black, I mean, Black Panther, I haven't seen Black Adam yet. I have seen Black Panther or Wakanda forever. Didn't have a post-credit scene either. I had like a mid-credit scene, and that was really it. Uh, but me, Hayden, and Jada waited to the very end, because they, even though they both said there was, I'm like, guys, there's for sure going to be one. There's always one. So we went to the very end, and there wasn't a post-credit scene. Okay, well, it must have been the mid-credit that I heard of. But, um, yeah, I don't know anything about the two movies, which honestly is great for people like me that don't watch it in theaters and just want to wait. Like, I don't have to be worried about being spoiled. I know nothing about these two movies, because people talk about the end scene instead. So it's kind of a good thing for me, but it's just crazy that, you know... Do people just not really? Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. It kind of takes over. The end credit scene would change like the news and buzz cycle about it because I think what we see is no one really cared about what happening what's happening now. Everyone's just excited for what's happening yeah. next. You know what I mean? Like, what's the next movie? What's we've already seen this one. What's the next? Movie? You know what I mean? Like, like no one's stopping and enjoying the films we have now or that kind of stuff. Particularly, with, not everybody. I'm mostly talking about you know MCU and DCU, right? right? The superhero crowd. They're always so focused on what the next movie's coming in. The next one's going to be the next crossover event. The next big one. What's the news? Who's casted in this? Who's playing Mr. Fantastic? I don't care. All right. I just want to watch the movies that are out now and enjoy these movies. But uh, it's always what's the next one. And I don't think the post credit scene is, is really the, the sole problem of that. I think it's just a symptom of, of an overarching yeah. problem of no one can just enjoy the movie they watch. They're always excited for the next one because the next one's going to be even better. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's not just the end credits. It's also just how the whole thing set up, right? Phases. Yeah, it is a lot know, of and, things, right? Not just in movies, particularly not just in superhero yeah. movies, right? Uh, in most things now, it's no longer, you can't just enjoy what's happening now. You gotta be more excited for what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just a product of its time. So, you know, it makes sense, unfortunately. But I, I, I do think post-credit scenes in general are a product of a bygone era. Yeah. Uh, they, I, they don't feel needed anymore. They don't feel special anymore. They feel more like a chore that you have to sit through the credits for to finish the movie uh, before any, more than anything else at this point. Now that I think about it, I think the last end credit scene that I can at least remember was for, I believe, Infinity War when Nick Fury was calling Marvel. I think that was the one I remember. I think that's the, the newest one yeah. that I've seen. And, you know, <laughs> it's a good scene, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. I'm re-watching all of Phase 1 because I'm going to be doing like a phase rankings of the mcu over the next year and a half with someone so i i've been binging the first phase which really does feel very different from phase four i just in, in all aspects but i'm not watching the end credit scenes uh, I'm, I'm just watching the movies itself uh if, if, if my co-host wants to watch the end credit scenes that's great but uh i'm purely for the movies that's all that really matters the end credit scene isn't the movie so i, I don't really get why people are so excited for these but you know if it makes people happy then, you know, so be it. They get to sit there for an extra few minutes in the theater. Why not? But back to the DC. Any other big predictions here? Any movies you want to see now that we have the new head at DC? Anything you, you're still excited for in the DC chamber? So, I, well, I think the Marvel vs. DC is... Actually, I, I wouldn't even say I'm excited for that, but, but I think it's almost a guarantee. I feel pretty confident. In my opinion, I think Warner Brothers was even more incentivized to pick James Gunn to lead, you know, to, to lead the reins of the new DCEU in the hopes that they can create this partnership. I imagine this is what Warner Brothers would love to have. It's definitely Disney's call, but I believe James Gunn can keep that relationship with Kevin Feige. And I, I'm pretty confident I'm on the same page as you that phase five and six, they already got their plans set up. They don't got anything set up for seven and forward, in my opinion. They're just so fast paced right now. There's no way they're looking that far ahead at seven and eight just yet. But I imagine in a few years they will be, and they'll probably start looking at James Gunn and the DCEU. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. And we've already seen Kevin Foggy and the MCU work with another movie with Sony making multiple Spider-Man films exactly. Spider into uh, larger ensemble films. So this isn't that much of a stretch. I think a lot of people would be, well, Disney would never share. Why would Disney ever bother working with another studio? But they have, right? They have had a track record of working with other studios in the past on large MCU projects. So it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to see them do it again with the DC. Yeah, I feel pretty confident that that's what 7, 8, and 9, I know your prediction was they're going to have like a, another trilogy 
phase and i think that could be what seven eight nine is like with the dc fighting like they could yeah, feel like an entire yeah. phase or my my long-term plan was they're gonna have another trilogy with the seven eight nine and then one mega yeah. movie for number yeah. 10 and just one five-hour film for phase 10 and it could be that one five-hour film yeah i also think you might just want their big final movie to just be them not warner brothers I agree, yeah. yeah. But now, if they do do an MCU versus DCU, we already see most of the main cast of the MCU stepping aside, right? Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, even Liam Hemsworth, I believe, now is st- stepping aside. Chris Hemsworth. Um, Chris Hemsworth. I'm sorry. Too many Hemsworths out there. Uh, <laughs> seeing them step aside, right? So uh, do we think that this DCEU versus MCU movie would be the new MCU cast? Or do you think they'll bring back the more legacy characters like a... Uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, those kind of guys back. So we can have The Rock, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, you know, Ben Affleck playing these big heroes that a lot of fans are asking to see them play. Yeah, well, I'm confident that we're seeing the legacy characters back for Secret Wars. Like, like I'm convinced we're seeing them in about... I think we're seeing them back sooner rather than later. I don't know about if we're seeing them in Secret Wars. Maybe. Yeah. I think so. It is literally Secret Wars, and really the theme of Phase 4, 5, and 6 is just nostalgia, Like, right? Like, it's just, ah, remember these movies you like? Like, that's essentially what this phase of films are, and what better way to cap off the phase of nostalgia than to just have, you know, classic Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans back at the end. I think... I think they'll be back for Secret Wars. I would actually be pretty shocked if they aren't back for uh, Secret Wars. I think um, we'll for sure at least summon them back. I, I do think we might see Robert Downey Jr. in particular the one that held yeah. out a little longer before we see him come back. Oh, you, so you think he'll be the one that we won't see at Secret Wars? I think, he'll, I think Robert Downey Jr. will be kind of the last one who's back. I think Chris Evans is coming back. Hmm. Yeah, you may be right. I'm pretty confident Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back for Secret Wars. Um, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see. For the DCEU, I guess some predictions like you were saying. I don't know if this counts because it's not technically DCEU. But what I hope to see is uh, Batman 2 with Robert Pattinson face-offing as Clayface. That's who I want as the big bad for the second one. I just want I would love to see Clayface in a Batman. I just want to see Clayface. That's it. We know for sure. They've already confirmed the sequel for the Batman, right? Like, that's yeah. happening? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I just want to see more uh, Pattinson, all right? More, more Robert Pattinson as Batman. That's what I want to see. Uh, I'm stoked for whatever they decide to do with that character and with that universe that they set up there. I'm stoked for that. I do hope they remain to keep that separate from the rest of the DCEU, and they also keep the Joker and what they're doing with that kind of Paul Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix Joker franchise there also separate from the rest of the DCU and separate from Batman and Rob Pattinson and whatnot. I hope they keep those entities separate. If they do vaguely want to connect them just by hinting that it's just a different multiverse, so they're theoretically connected, but they never cross over whatsoever or see one another, I'm fine with that. As long as we don't just start seeing, you know, Black Adam and Shazam pop up in <laughs> yeah. Joker 2 or something like that. That'll be real disappointed by. So uh, I'm hoping they keep them separate. I'm hoping that those two franchises keep their quality and their tone that they had in the original movies with those. And I, uh, I'm hoping we're getting to some better DCEU stuff in general as far as mainline DCEU goes. I would love to see movies about heroes we haven't really seen movies about. Because with DC kind of being this continuously rebooting a large franchise, they're always just kind of remaking movies. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, the big heroes, Aquaman. I would love to see like a cyborg movie or Green Lantern project of some sort, which I know that things are working on or they've been working on for years now, but we still have no news about them. Hopefully we do actually get some projects uh, launching and, and on screen soon with sort of these more B and C tier DCU heroes that I love like particularly Green Lantern is one of my favorite superheroes of all time and I do also really like Cyborg I would love to see him have some sort of solo film or series as well yeah so Warner Brothers focusing more on the DCEU we will hear more about that shortly uh, on the other end of the spectrum for Warner Brothers Harry Potter they uh, have announced that obviously, you know, this wasn't a surprise. Fantastic Beasts franchise is officially done. 
but we pretty much no, knew that guys, before. All we needed was a fourth Fantastic Beast movie with at least a $400 million budget, and I promise you, you would have turned the franchise around. That's what we needed. <laughs> Why stop now? You're right about a strike goal. Yeah, they're so close. Yeah, it's, it's like that meme of they've been digging and digging, they stopped right before they hit goal. They, they were right close. They yeah. Look, yeah. every gambler stops gambling right before they're about to hit it big. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. We all knew that was going to end. They did announce Harry Potter. They're going to try and bring the legacy characters back, similar to, you know, what Marvel's doing. How do you think they're going to do it? So I did make that prediction. I I don't know if I did on the podcast, so I kind of just want to make it here because I'm pretty confident I know exactly what's going to happen. And that is a bunch of new students, just like we all grew up with some new students in the original franchise. And the teachers are going to be the people that we watched in the original franchise. I think it is such an easy setup. It is a fucking home run. I, I, I think this is so easy to build. So this, easy this to make. Really it, the first time around. I don't know why they ever thought Fantastic Beasts. Makes no sense. It, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen the first one and I already hate the franchise. Yeah. Um, but like Harry Potter, what made Harry Potter so great? Sure, the characters were phenomenal, right? But it's a setting. It was Hogwarts. This magical school of witchcraft and wizardry. These four houses competing to win the cup and be the best house of the year. You know, that was a great setup. It was a great idea. Each house had their own culture and feeling and, and all the different magic and classes, potions, defense against the dark arts. That's the kind of stuff people cared about. Sure, Harry Potter and Voldemort and Hermione were fantastic characters people loved too. But it was really the setting and, and the whole universe around it. And then they took all that and they put it in New York in the 1950s and were surprised it didn't work out. Like, it was a dumb idea to begin with. I think another thing they need to do is get J.K. Rowling the hell away from the script, all right? <laughs> don't let her anywhere freaking near the writing room, all right? Don't let her anywhere near the media tour. Don't put her name on the posters or the credits. Keep her as far away from this project as humanly possible. If she had nothing to do with this project whatsoever, it'll be better off for it, all right? Ideally, she doesn't make a dollar off of it either, but I know that's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, there is one other thing uh, that I don't think we've mentioned yet. For the success of the original franchise and i think that's what made me love you know fall in love with that franchise when i grew up with it and it's the lead characters being children i think children with magic it's got like that childhood wonder and excitement like it just feels fantastical that's way more exciting than just watching a bunch of adults that we never saw before in fantastic beasts i think just like a bunch of adults running around isn't that exciting and with harry potter Sure, they're adults by the like the last couple of movies, but you literally grew up with them, and I feel like yeah. feeling like you grew up with those characters also just feels way more exciting and more stakes are involved. So I do think children with magic really helps out. You know, that's why Narnia is with kids. They like everything with kids with you know absolutely magic. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Having the kids, there's something with the magic and children exploring the magic and being happy and surprised and bewildered by all the magic. Yeah. It's a lot more touching and, and, and feel warm good than watching a bunch of adults play around with sticks in their hands. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not the same. Yeah. And, and I do think that really matters. I also think the fact that the main cast of the original Harry Potter, the ones that they casted, you know, Ron, Hermione, and the, uh, Harry, of course, were a, uh, they're all just great, well-casted, right? Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter was a knockout. Right? Incredible. Will Watson as Hermione Granger was phenomenal casted, right? Say what you want about the rest of her acting performances, but she was phenomenal as Hermione Granger. They, they connect with the audience in such a great way that this cast that for Fantastic Beasts just didn't. They were boring, bland, do-nothing characters. They were trying to make a more, you know, like superhero-esque action heroes rather than just being, you know, these kids that are figuring out magic and learning along with the audience, right? I think that really did impact it a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, I think a new franchise for Harry Potter, I thought it was pretty much a give me for warner brothers i i was pretty confident they were going to do it i was surprised they announced it so quickly after i kind of knew they were going to start working on this but you know well we'll see how it goes uh obviously i think me and you are both on the same page they'll probably reset it with kids in hogwarts hopefully that's what they do that's what they need to do yeah. absolutely they gotta bring it back to hogwarts bring it back to what made harry potter successful in the first place i think we will for sure see the main character in this one is not gonna be from gryffindor i guarantee i I'm almost certain that they're going to be from Ravenclaw. That's my bet. Did you take the... Do you know what house you're in? Did you take the Pottermore test? Uh, yeah, I think I'm in Ravenclaw, but I, I should be in Hufflepuff. Really? Yeah. I assumed you were Griffin. 
yeah, it kind of seemed I'd be more Hufflepuff. But uh, well, I I think I took it twice. Uh, like once when I was yeah. younger, and once when you know, like I think I took it the summer. I think when Andrew and I binged the franchise, we then took the tests. Uh, and I think the most recent I was Ravenclaw. See, I took it. I took it. It said I was Ravenclaw. I'm like, there's no way. That's the last one I'd be in. I'm like probably Hufflepuff, yeah. then Slytherin, then Gryffindor, then Ravenclaw. So I took it again, and I got Ravenclaw again. So I'm like, well, I guess that's what I am. Okay, yeah, I guess me and you're on the same page, because I always thought I'd be more of a, a Hufflepuff. I, I feel like just, you know, I feel like the Philipsons are pretty laid-back, nonchalant. Ah, you guys are panicked, overreacting. Like, it's not a big deal. I, I feel like most Philipsons should be that, yeah, Hufflepuff. Yeah, I would think so, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ravenclaw would have been one of my last guesses, too. I don't know. Uh, but I guess. I don't really know how that works. Yeah, I, I guess we're real smart. <laughs> yeah. Real fart smellers we are. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, but yeah, okay, let's try and make some predictions here. So you think the lead kid's going to be in Ravenclaw. So you think they're going to be in the house that we're at. I think they're going to be at the house that we should be at. I think it's going to be Hufflepuff. But you see, the leader of Fantastic Beasts was Hufflepuff. Oh, was and he? That well, yeah. Okay, then you might be onto something. I didn't realize he was technically in a house. Was and he? They wouldn't do, they wouldn't do Slytherin because Slytherin's the bad house. And they wouldn't do Her- Gryffindor because now they're just copying Harry Potter. So they're going to do Ravenclaw. Well, to be fair, they could do Slytherin and kind of prove that, like, like they are good people. It could be more of, like, a flawed character, prove that deep down inside they are a good person. They, they could lean that's into true. that. I could see that as a lead house. I just true. think Slytherin and Gryffindor were so crucial in the first franchise that they would want to pick a new house. That's why I was leaning towards one of the other two. But, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but, but, but Slytherin could have a good story. And um, I guess it's also possible that Slytherin and Gryffindor are already the most marketable houses, or if, if any of the houses are house names opposed to. Yeah. Right? So maybe, but realistically, if people know any of the houses at this point, they know all four or they don't know any, mm-hmm. I would think. And there's such a large fan base for Harry Potter that I don't think they're too worried about people not actually knowing the houses or the characters. I think they're pretty confident most people do. Um, however, I think that's what they found out with the Fantastic Beast movie, that people only really care about Hogwarts and the houses and those characters. And they don't just care about wizards in general. You can't just take them out of Hogwarts and put them in New York. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next prediction. Who from yeah. the original franchise do you think is going to come back either as a professor, like I'm predicting, or in some other way as like, you know, either a side character or like a relatively important character? And I'm not asking for cameos, but like an actual character in this new franchise. Mm. That's a that's a good question. I think Emma Watson is right at the top. I think she's going to be the headmaster of Hogwarts now. You know, she's she's always been a huge brainiac. Uh, well, to, no, sorry. To be fair, I guess this would really be contradicting the ending of the franchise because she's the head of Ministry of Magic. So I guess she would yeah. continue that. Then they wouldn't put her in the house. But I would not be surprised if, like, in, like, the third or fourth movie in this franchise, they, uh, she does most definitely, or even the second, yeah. she comes in as the head of Ministry of Magic and yeah. becomes, like, a pretty crucial character. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think she'd be at Hogwarts because she's going to be the head of Yeah, Ministry I forgot that that's where she ended. Yeah, they, they would keep her there then. I do think, um, at this one, they, they will have to turn to an old, an old friend for some, some knowledge and some advice and some help. And he will give the lead kids, the new kids, the words of encouragement they will need to slay whatever beast or evil thing they're fighting that time. Whether he'll work at Hogwarts or maybe just be around Hogwarts for a time, he's made of a kid going there. And that's Neville Longbottom. Yeah. I do think Neville Longbottom will be sort of like a guiding voice, a, a wise friend you can go and trust. You know, a worthy companion that, that the kids can go to for guidance. Maybe almost like a Hager type of character to these kids. I think Neville Longbottom. Yeah. Here's my only thing with Neville, and it's. The actor's too good-looking now. Like, he doesn't look anything like Neville anymore. Yeah, but with makeup and stuff, they can for sure. <laughs> just or, like a fat or, suit. or, maybe Neville also just grew up into a good-looking guy. Yeah. Hey, the actor grew up into a good-looking guy. Yeah, Neville's just suddenly a Chad. Like, all the girls yeah. love him. Hey, the actor managed to be a Chad when he grew up, so why not? That's true, that's true. Despite his looks, I, I still think he would be in the movie, just because I think Neville was kind of a beloved character, especially, like, in the he's final one, movie. He's always been yeah. one of my favorite characters. Though. Yeah. I feel like he's always like an underrated, loved character. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the actor hasn't been doing much lately. Throw, throw yeah, him in there. Yeah, he seems like he was. I also, ooh, ooh, I know for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's like the, the dark arts professor. Or, or did he die? Wait, this character might have died. I might. I was in Draco Malfoy. Did he die? Nope. No, he's not dead. 
Okay, because I because we know like Tom Fillion is still living the glory days of being Jake. <laughs> anything, yeah. anything since, and he would come back for sure. The fans would love to have. I would love to see him back. And I can totally see Draco Malfoy being like the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher or the Poisons teacher, the headmaster for Slytherin in some way. You know, like I would not be surprised if he was he was one of those kind of characters. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can definitely see him be the Defense Against the Dark Arts. Definitely see Draco Malfoy being the new Defense Against the Dark Arts, similar to Snape uh, and his hatred yeah. towards Harry Potter. And so I guess that kind of leads into this new question. Is this, since it is connected, if we're theorizing they're bringing back a lot of these characters, is Harry Potter's son, who they can just cast anybody for that, is he going to be a relatively important character, do you think? Either he's the main character or he's not in it. Oh! <laughs> oh! Interesting. Or, or interesting plot twist. He's the bad guy. He's the main antagonist. That's what I'm thinking. I, I, now not, I'm, not like a Baltimore character, no. but a Draco Malfoy character. That's he's what I'm thinking. Play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking we could have a Slytherin lead character and Harry Potter's son is suddenly kind of like... Harry Potter's son gets put into Slytherin. I guess we do in the Cursed Child book. I've never read Cursed of the Lost Child, but I I do think if they... I have no idea what it's about even. Um, Eventually, at some point, I would like to see the stage play, but I love stage play. But um, until then, hopefully we won't get spoiled. I did actually read the book, but I actually forget everything about it. I don't remember a single thing. Yeah, I think from my memory, I think his son gets put into Slytherin. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. That sounds right. Which I think is a fitting role. Um, like Harry very could have been put into Slytherin, right? He was right on the, the threshold. He was going to be in Slytherin sense. until he asked not to. He asked not to, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess the question is, is Curse of Child going to be canon in this world? Because there's not even a movie of that, right? So I don't know how. No, no. Do you think they will do a Curse Child movie? Uh, I know that they have asked Daniel Radcliffe multiple times to come oh, back well, for Curse of Child. Oh, will he in it? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter is in it. He's like a side character, but he's definitely in it. He, he's that I remember. Gotcha. Because uh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. He says he will do uh, come back as Harry Potter at some point, maybe, but only if he's like seventy and super old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll do it when I'm old as shit. Why not? And honestly, that's the way to do it. Right now, do some new projects. Do something. You know, make different movies. He's honestly at this point not even compared to Harry Potter anymore, at least in my mind. He does so many yeah. creative Look, decisions. I am on Team Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. not Team Harry Potter here, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm Team Radcliffe. Ride, I'm yeah. with Daniel Radcliffe every day of the week here. Yeah, so I'm with that. Keep doing whatever the fuck you want to do. Make yeah. Weird Al. Like, do shit I like that. I love his weird stuff he's doing right now. Yeah, he, it's incredible. Swiss Army Man is fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. I thought Weird Al, I saw that. I thought it was incredible. Like, he's just, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. He's doing hilarious. so much fun stuff. He even popped up in like City of Gold, I mean, not Lost City, that's what it's called earlier this year as well. You know, he's like just random ass characters. It's great. Was he in the uh, Was he in the Lost City? Yeah, have you seen that one? Yeah, I, I don't remember him, but he was like the bad guy. He's only like, set them on their whole journey. Oh, uh, you're right, you're right. Sorry, I, I thought you were talking about Channing Tatum. I was like, I thought that was Channing Tatum, but okay. It, oh it, no, he sorry. wasn't the lead. He was like the antagonist. He was the bad guy. I got you. I got you. Yes, yes, fun. I remember. Yeah. yeah, he's just he's really fun, and I'm kind of with him. Uh, do Harry Potter when you're old, but like just have whatever you want to do now so i'm glad that he's not accepting curse of child i'm sure warner brothers is annoyed because they've been yeah, wanting to do it for, for a few years yeah but yeah like fuck it. very clearly could we get paid like hundreds of millions of dollars to this harry potter movie he goes nah i'll go make the weird owl movie on roku <laughs> instead <'Cause> why not <laughs> yeah why? he'd rather go on roku for weird owl than make like tons of money i love that yeah for like a glorified cameo in cursed child like i but but still, he's pretty important to the story. I remember I, I remember like a few scenes. Uh, it'd be hard for them to make that movie make you know it just wouldn't work without Harry Potter. So yeah, that uh, you know uh, sucks to be Warner Brothers, I guess. But well, like you know, I'm like trying for like Oscar Beatty roles. He's literally just doing no things are fun. No, no, he literally hasn't done a single Oscar-y thing. No, it's just not fun at all. Stuff. He's never anywhere near an Oscar. Yeah. No, we're freaking here. He's kind of like William Defoe, really. Yeah. He's just Has doing fun never things. never won an Oscar, though? I know he's been nominated, but has he ever won one? William Defoe, I don't believe so. Oh my gosh. That's, 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 that's a shame. I'm going to look it up right now. But the William Defoe is, like, well, okay. Dana Radcliffe's a great actor. But, like, William Defoe is, he's, he's freaking incredible. Uh, he has gotten four nominations. No wins. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he's gotten more than one nom, but uh, last time he was nominated, I believe, was 2017 or 2018. 
2019 is his most recent nomination. Oh, 2018 film, though, right? Yeah, 2018 film. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the issue when talking about like movies that get nominated. Like, do you say the year of the movie or the year of the? I know. Ceremony? Yeah, it's, I hate that. Uh, That's one of my biggest issues too. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's insane. Like, like, like yeah, yeah. Because look, like, who won Best Picture in 2022? It'll tell you the winner from 2020. Like, the movie was in 2021, of course, right? 2021 film. Uh, three supporting actor nominations, one best actor nomination. I've only seen two of them, so you know, uh, can't wait well, too much. I have seen any of them, honestly. He was nominated for Platoon. No. Shadow of the Vampire. I've never even heard of that one. Honestly. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the Florida Project. That was the one of twenty eighteen, right? It was twenty seventeen movie, uh, twenty eighteen Oscars. Oh, okay. And then At Attorney's Gate is the twenty eighteen movie, twenty nineteen Oscars. Right. So, I've only seen two of them. I haven't seen any of them, honestly. I, I was close to watch the Florida Project, but never went around to it. Yeah. You mean he wasn't nominated for Spider-Man? <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember uh, reading a thread online on... This is why I love Twitter, of a bunch of MCU guys being like, I can't wait for William Defoe to get his well-deserved Oscar-supporting actor nomination. And I was just like, uh, you know. Maybe in 2001 he could have, but like he's literally just repeating the same character. There's no he's getting nominated. No, I wasn't. I actually think his performance, performance 2001 was really good. But I, I thought he absolutely crushed. No, oh, well, he, the, like the, arguably the only good part of the film. Uh, I, I say arguably the best part was Andrew Garfield. I, I still think. Oh he's the yeah, best you're part. right. Yeah. And, and, and Andrew yeah. Garfield, what a guy. Yeah, the Defoe is really good in that one, but, but I, I thought he was way better in in 2001. I, 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 I don't know. Overall, it's probably better in 2001. But how much he, like him without the mask was so good. Yeah, yeah. Man, the mask really held him back in 2001. I agree. It, it does hold him back. Favors. He was so yeah. good without the mask. And to be fair, I think he's been in 2001. But I also just think they gave him more to work with. Like he was almost a side lead in that one. Like he's very important. Yeah, that's he way. was so much more yeah. important in that one. Yeah. Right. So it is unfair. He got a lot of material. Time. Yeah, a lot more to work with. Yeah. Well. Well. Hey, I, this kind of. <laughs> I don't know how we led into the next topic pretty flawlessly here, but speaking of No Way Home, uh, the MCU Phase 4, it's officially over. Uh, well, for you at least. I haven't seen Wakanda forever, so I guess it's, it's, it's not over in my books. But I wanted to check with you since Wait, you have... Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special part of Phase 5, not 4? I don't think it's part. I don't think it's technically part of a phase, but if it would be, I guess it's Phase 5, because it's, it's announced that Phase 4 is over. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, uh, and to be fair, I guess the holiday special with Phase 5 makes sense, because that's where Guardians Galaxy 3 is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah so so I guess it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I guess it is kind of, <laughs> it is weird if that's like the official first project of Phase 5, but hey. Yeah, yeah. no shows between now and then, right? No. Yeah, I feel like there hasn't been that, like, when was, what was the last MCU show? Was it She-Hulk? She-Hulk wasn't too long ago. She-Hulk was. Wasn't that in, like, August? Or am I crazy? You're correct. I think it's September. Like, it ended in September or it started in September? I think, and, uh, both, I think. Oh, okay, okay. No, it couldn't have been both, because it's obviously an episode a week. I think it started in August, but didn't end until, like, October. Okay, okay, it felt like it ended a while ago, but I guess that's been over a month, so maybe, maybe that It'll be like a month out. and a half now, because it did yeah. end in October, like, the first week. Okay. Yeah, so, and when's the next MCU TV show? I don't even know what it is. What is the next show? I don't even know. I have no idea. Wow, yeah. Honestly, at this point, I never even know when the TV shows are coming or what next. I just kind of, uh, at work one day, I see a bunch of people going, oh my gosh, the first episode of Blah 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 Show is so good. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll watch that when I get home. Not that. <laughs> the people you work with are totally different from the people I work with. Hey, I have... No, 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 no. No one at work says that. On oh. Twitter say that. Not a single person <laughs> I work with watches that. No, 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 Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> I was no like... have lives. No one I was going to say, I've never imagined walking in, in real life, walking no, up to no. someone and they'll be like, oh my god, it's the first episode of I She-Hulk. would walk back out. Uh, I would be gone. But no, on Twitter. I get up my desk, I open up my phone, okay. and there's like 30 tweets in a row all okay. about, you know, super yeah. what's-its-face. Yeah. And uh, how, how good or bad it is. That makes sense. I was just picturing my boss being like, Quentin, She-Hulk episode two is to die for. It's crazy. Yeah. Gosh, no. Absolutely not. Occasionally, like, some of my coworkers, you know, they know I'm into movies. So if they go yeah. see a movie and they typically swing by and talk to me about it or whatnot. 
Uh, but they they normally don't see too many of the uh, superhero stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I am too. Uh, pretty much any coworker will come up to me and be like, "Oh man, Wakanda Forever! I I just checked it out yesterday. That was pretty good, right?" And I was like, "I I I haven't seen it yet, to be honest with you." That I hear when when people check out a movie, uh, and and the MCU films make more sense for discussion at least than the TV shows. So so that makes more sense. Yeah. But oh, yeah. but for the MCU Phase Four, since you have completed it all, I haven't even seen the TV shows except for one of them. I kind of just wanted to ask you, uh, what what do you think was the best and worst TV show and then movie of of Phase Four? Yeah, for sure. So best best of the TV shows, I think. There's, there's, okay, there's, I like a good few of them. And by that, I mean, I think a couple of them are actually, like, not terrible. And so, but my favorite, probably still Falcon Winter Soldier is probably my favorite of the TV shows, I think. That one, or, I, I like She-Hulk. She-Hulk felt pretty, and I like Miss Marvel, but, I don't know. There's parts of Miss Marvel I really like, parts I didn't really like. Moonlight, I thought was alright. I thought I got a little, little, little too, little too out there at certain parts. Uh, the worst of the TV shows... Yeah, so best, probably Falcon Winter Soldier. Worst, probably Loki. I thought Loki was the most lackluster. Uh, I was promised a time-bending, multiverse-jumping, interdimensional show about the, the god of mischief. And I got six episodes in a DMV. I have no interest. It was, it was pretty lackluster. I also didn't really care for uh, the ending of WandaVision, but at least WandaVision was solid, so I would, I would give that one for sure the edge over Loki. Um, Hawkeye was as promised. I have no opinion on it. Uh, as far as movies go, <laughs> Wakanda Forever is for sure the best. Uh, the worst is probably, probably, what was the first of Phase 4? Was it No Way Home? You mean Far From Home, right? Far From Home is the end of Phase 3. I believe the first one was uh, Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow. Yeah, honestly, it might be Black Widow. Probably, probably Black Widow or No Way Home or Eternals. I'll put all three of those kind of in the tier and by tier they probably all be like e or c yeah 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 those are my i don't know i'll take no way home out only because it does have like andrew garfield you know what i mean like this that's that's a movie where there's parts i really like and parts i really really hate yeah whereas like eternals is a two and a half hour slog and black widow which is entirely forgettable but at least they're trying new things with eternals at least there's parts in Mm -hmm. no way home i really really enjoy black widow just felt like the most mediocre mcu film probably of all of them it wasn't actively bad there wasn't anything i could point to out of the movie that i really pissed me off uh there you know there isn't but there's nothing in that movie i ever would want to go and rewatch what was your favorite movie oh wakanda forever wakanda forever okay yeah not even close uh wakanda forever i think is for sure. it's uh well that unless you also count the uh what is that werewolf by night special werewolf by night special if you count that as a tv show it's for sure the best of all kind of the movie <laughs> i would put it second best at think like Wakanda Forever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I really, I, I liked the the World by Night. Yeah, I, no, I think that was, that, was, that was a good time. Yeah, I think that was the first thing from Phase Four that I actually thought was pretty good. Like, yeah. I thought it was really fun. I, I, I was pretty impressed by it. I liked the design, and I kind of just liked that, especially because I've been rewatching Phase One. It feels more like a Phase One thing, where it's just its own thing that is still based around the MCU. And but, that's why it's better. Yeah. When they're, I like the MCU movie stuff better when it was more stand-up. Yeah. I don't need three or four superheroes every movie. I don't need to go back to common locations and common tropes and common characters and, and references and cameos to all these previous films and stuff I've seen. I want a whole complete standalone film that's completely unique and new that I don't know anything about going into. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. And there's so many comic books that they can source from. Get a new story. It's fine. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. I thought that the world by night was a step in the right direction i did really enjoy that i'm excited for wakanda forever i have faith that it probably will be the best of the phase four so that's pretty exciting for me Uh, i've not seen any of the shows so i can't really (laughs) weigh too much in on that except for loki so i guess technically it is my favorite also no sorry which one i think i watched wandavision uh i watched the first three and a half episodes and then i just checked to watch the good parts well, yeah, yeah. Uh, halfway through episode four, I just went, okay, this is just not in the direction I want. So I just stopped. Um, and I've yeah. always wanted to go back and revisit because I really did like the first three episodes. I thought they were really fun. So, I, you know, I probably should check it out. But from what I've seen in WandaVision, definitely way better than Loki. I don't know how I finished that. I, 
<laughs> it was Loki terrible. Was it was, Loki was long and boring. Loki, it was Loki's so bad. Better. Well, because I, I heard that it was the best TV show when it was out at the time. I don't know why yeah. I keep seeing people say that. Yeah, I don't understand what they, they found enjoyment out of. Yeah. Unless they just love being at DMV and just waiting in those lines. <laughs> I think they just and like... Your gonads going, you're going to love the show. <laughs> I think they just like Loki. I think that's as that's all you need. Look, I think Tom Hiddleston's fantastic. Yeah. I think Loki's a cool character. Yeah. But this was not it. I know, but I just I just think MCU fans, uh, to an extent, if they just really like one character, they don't care if the movie's bad. They'll just fucking love it. They're like, and honestly, I love that for them. I kind of wish I could just blindly be like, "Fuck it, I like this," even if like it's got Tom Hiddleston in it. Are you kidding me? Let's. I mean, that's kind of me with Batman. I'm probably of a Batman property I actively dislike. I guess besides Batman v Superman. Yeah, that's probably me with, like, the Coens. If the Coens ever made a bad movie, I'd probably still blindly be like, but it's the Coens! It's fucking cinema! So, you know, I get it. Everybody's kind of got something that they love, and no matter how boring the DMV storyline is, they'll still love it. So, you know, uh, there's that. Uh, but I think of the MCU proper films of Phase 4 that I've seen, which is all of them but Wakanda Forever at this point, uh, I think my favorite would be um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse I, of I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what? Uh, it's the only one that I think I've heard you say good things about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, honestly, I think the movie's very messy, but I just think it's pure camp. I think it's really fun at times. Um there's definitely stuff I don't like about it, but as a whole, at least it's like kind of wacky. At least like it's kind of I like fun. some of the moments, particularly the horror elements, the yeah. parts where Cam Raimi really just let his creative juices flow. You know, yeah. he got his signature all over that. Um, I think that Doctor Strange just isn't the leading man. No, he's I terrible. Yeah, he's the leading guy, and it's not Benedict Cumberbatch's fault. It's the character's fault, I think. Yeah. Um, you can't have an all-powerful, all-being character be the lead character of a movie. Um, and have him make a bunch of stupid decisions just because you want the plot to move forward. Yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't work. That's not the way it should go. Focusing around Scarlet Witch instead and had her be the focus in the movie and just her descent into madness, uh, it would have been so much better. Yeah, and she was easily the best part. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. she was the best part. Yeah, I think they just... Yeah, and the whole, the whole love storyline, I had zero interest. Not even a, like, a slight interest. <laughs> I would not care about Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's why I think what kind of forever is going to be my favorite. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll really like it compared to the rest because it's a low bar. Like, <laughs> it's going to clear and pretty. It's probably the only phase four movie we haven't even mentioned yet in this uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Once again, in that movie, I thought there were parts I really liked things and overall I enjoyed. Particularly, uh, I thought Christian Bale is for the God, but it was really cool. But it's the goddamn like shoehorn in love story. I could not care less. All right. And it's not that I don't like love stories or that I don't like love stories in superhero movies. It's that they don't always need to exist. Not every character needs a romantic interest. Not every movie needs to have a side story of a love interest. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, well, my main issue with Thor: Love and Thunder is mostly just the CGI. Well, CGI. <laughs> that well, well, is the peak for bad Marvel CGI. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously, the CGI and is. I'm a pretty rough. Movie. I thought the movie was all right, but man, was a CGI yeah. rough. Yeah, CGI now. was rough. Uh, but but you know, CGI aside, I also just think like. I just think it was too much. Like, it was just too much of Thor Ragnarok, right? Like, oh, Korg was great in that movie. Well, now we're getting too much Korg. Oh, the comedy was good. Too much. much was he? That was, I was promised a lot of Korg, all right? There's a Korg poster. Oh, my Ooh, God. Man, Korg was in this one a lot. And we got, like, 10 minutes tops of Korg. I was so disappointed. <laughs> you wanted more? I wanted, I, I didn't, yeah, I wanted no love <laughs> romance, just Korg. I want all the Korg, oh baby. God. Oh my god! If there was ever a moment when Korg wasn't on screen, I didn't care. Oh my! I, I, that that is where we defer, and, and maybe maybe we can save this for the twenty twenty two podcast. But let me tell you, I wanted half as much of Korg. I got way too much Korg in that movie. We didn't get enough Korg. Oh. Right? We needed more Korg, and we needed more Gore the God Butcher. Right? We needed more of both. Then, okay, well that I can agree with. We needed more Gore. He, he was really good. He really he was the only good thing about the movie. I, we I needed more seasons of him actually killing God. Oh, really? If they would just put like a montage somewhere there, him just going around to a bunch of different realms and killing their gods, uh, that would have been awesome. I think we needed something like that to really develop the character. I think that would have been. Super- I think Gore needed to be the one to kill Zeus. To kill Zeus? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. I think I think like, like I would have really liked if he also killed Jesus. That would have been insane. 
If he crucified Jesus in the film, <laughs> it would be fucking insane. Are you kidding me? Imagine that. It cuts to like the three crosses, right? Jesus is on a cross. And you see a like gore spear to go right fucking through his chest. That would be epic. That would be Okay, well, yeah, yeah. We're definitely into fan fiction now. There's no way the MCU would do that. Look, if they can kill other gods, they can kill that one too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um I think really all they really need was on the two-third mark like right before we get to the final act he kills zeus and that sets the tone then we're like okay we're talking your baby but yeah he, he did fucking nothing get out of here uh yeah and i don't i oh, best part of the movie still was christian that was uh, he was christian. yeah all right so now to kind of talk about the future here we're moving past phase four now um let's kind of talk about the end of the box office here so obviously top gun maverick King of the box office this year. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to check with you, Tristan. Do you think Wakanda Forever? We're now at the two-week window. We, you know, we've got a good feeling for Wakanda. Do you think that is going to ever top Top Gun by the end of this year? Do you think Avatar no. Two can, or do you think it's going to be Top Gun on top? Uh, Black Panther won't. I do think Black Panther will take second place. Mm-hmm. Right now, Multiverse of Madness is still right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Wakanda Forever will surpass um, Multiverse of Madness, but for sure will not be Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick just had a historic run, just like yeah. unprecedented. You know, like what fifteen weeks? No, I think over twenty weeks in the top five or top ten. Insane, just just crazy. From like freaking May all the way through to October, uh, it might still be in theaters. Honestly, actually, I, it, honestly, it might still be in theaters here. I have no idea. It's that thing's been playing. Forever. Yeah, I think it's pretty much done now. I think this is roughly the end. Yeah, but unprecedented, very impressive. However, Avatar 2 is coming out later this year. And James Cameron spent 13 years making this bad boy. All right, and I, I would like to say that it's not going to be there. You know what I mean? But I, I can't. The last movie James Cameron made is still the number one highest grosser of all time. The movie he made before that is still the third highest scores a movie of all time that's a good point the man doesn't miss he makes hits he makes money so to bet against him is really hard to do that's a really good point i kind of thought so, so my thinking process is similar to yours wakanda forever will be the third highest grossing movie avatar oh, 2 year, yeah. yeah avatar 2 i would put it second and then top gun at number one but you are kind of right looking at his track record and i did talk about this with my wife that uh, Titanic was the highest grossing film of all uh, of all time at that moment, and it took him eight years to make. The first Avatar took him ten years to make. Was then the number one grossing film of all time, and this one's now taken him twelve, thirteen years. So, looking at that, like he's setting himself up for another big win here. I, I don't think it's going to do as well, but there is no question that Cameron. You just can't deny the guy. Like obviously, he's going to be huge here. I think it will be close, though. I still think Top Gun's going to beat it. Because uh, I'm talking about domestically. I, I, I think it's for sure going to beat it. Worldwide might be closer. Oh, you're talking about domestically? Okay. Domestically, I, okay, yeah. Domestically, I think Top Gun's with a lot better chance than um, Avatar does. But worldwide is where it makes sense. Worldwide, I think Avatar has a lot better chance than Top Gun does. But I still don't think it's guaranteed for Avatar. Avatar has a hell of a fight in front of him. Wants yeah. To beat Top Gun. Yeah, it's hard to go against Top Gun Maverick. But if someone's going to do it, it's James Cameron. I'm excited for Avatar 2, and I think what goes in Avatar's 2 favor, similar to the first Avatar, is I think most people, when they want to check this out, they're going to pay extra for the 3D or extra for the IMAX. Like, I think this is where you kind of get, I think that's where they get the extra money from, is these big ticket sales. Oh, absolutely, especially in IMAX right now, and that's one of the major reasons why the first Avatar did so well, is everybody and their mother wouldn't go watch it, but everyone and their mother would go watch it in at least 3D, if not in IMAX. Right, so they're all paying the extra surcharge for that. Another thing that Avatar did so well, and this is the same reason why Top Gun is late. It came out with a huge bang, but it lasted forever. It just did not leave theaters. It was selling out theaters for months, right? And same with Top Gun, and that's going to be the big thing. Does have the same amount of legs that the original does have the same amount of legs that Top Gun had? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, and I do think one thing though, if because now IMAX theaters are more relevant, they're more around, they're more popular to go to than they were back in 2009, right? When the first one came out. 
back then most people had access to the 3D screens, but not everyone, at least we didn't, say have access to an IMAX screen. You had to be in a major city or, or have a lot of money to, to be able to go and, and see an IMAX. Uh, most people couldn't do that. But now a lot of people can, right? So most people who can would probably like to go see it. There's an IMAX theater near me. I'm for sure going to go watch an IMAX. I'm sure you're the same way, right? Yeah. However, there's only one IMAX theater. Like, like down in Kingston, there's one theater that has one IMAX screen in it, right? Meaning Avatar will probably play in there for two, maybe three weeks before it gets replaced by something else. Yeah. Now, how many people want to go and watch Avatar for the third or fourth time in worse quality? You know what I mean? So once it leaves those IMAX theaters, which you'll only be able to hold for two, maybe three weeks, because most, most cities only have one or two IMAX screens, you know, in the theater. That's why I'm questioning its legs. Once it leaves the IMAX theaters, will it still have four or five more months of legs? Top Gun Maverick did. Or once it leaves the IMAX theaters, well, most people go, well, I've already seen it on the biggest and best screen I possibly could. If I do want to see it again, I'll wait to pick it up on 4K and watch it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can't really tell you. Yeah, it's going to be similar to Top Gun Maverick in that aspect. It's got to do what they did, which was get all the seats in the IMAX, Ultra EVX, you know, at most, you want to get the best sound for Top Gun Maverick. Uh, then during the weeks where... Thor Love and Thunder held the seats, or Jurassic World Dominion, which I still remember. I was going to go watch Top Gun Maverick for the second time, and I had all my co-workers come. There was 10 of us, and we had to go watch at the normal screen because Jurassic World Dominion bought every IMAX screen in the theaters, so we just didn't have access to it anymore, which sucked. But, yeah. um, but, but they still had so many butts in seats that after like two weeks, Top Gun Maverick was an IMAX, not Jurassic World anymore. It like overtook jurassic exactly. world in the imax so that's what avatar yeah. needs it can keep going back to imax if it just keeps surviving other films taking it for a week or two that that's where it needs to hold yeah it needs to survive those middle weeks in yeah. the regular you know smaller screen uh in order to get back into the big one for sure yeah but 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 top gun maverick was kind of the same thing right like everyone wanted to see it with atmos you wanted the best sound system you could get for that movie because it was all Absolutely. about the sound. But i do think top gun uh, appeals to a lot more of a, I'm going to say, the blue-collar folk. Terrible news, Clinton. What? I got a drop of blood on my only pair of sweatpants. A drop of blood? Oh, yeah, I got a nosebleed. Oh. Oh, no. For the past two days, I keep getting nosebleeds. It's the freaking worst. It's so annoying. We're almost done. We, we just wrap it up, and they can just... Yeah, I figure we're pretty much done anyways. Yeah. I think it's going to do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Avatar Two is going to do pretty well. I, I'm going to guess. I don't. I don't know how it's going to beat Maverick. I just think Ma like what? It's the sixth highest domestic. You're telling me this is good or is number five actually? I actually think it cracked number five. I think it beat uh, the original Black Panther, unless I'm mistaken. It's pretty close to five or six. So there's no way we're getting two movies this year just like a year and so after the pandemic that we're going to be getting two in like the top five, you know, top five or 10 for domestic box office. I don't know. A worldwide, maybe even that, I think it's going to be tough, but you know, it's got a tough road ahead of it. Uh, Avatar 2 though, I, I feel pretty com comfortable with it being in the second spot of the year. I, I think it's going to beat Wakanda Forever and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And if that's the case, uh, as I think I've already mentioned the stat to you before, uh, no movie has beaten a superhero film in the box office, specifically the MCU. The MCU has been like un has always been at the top of the box office every single year, except for if it was a Disney project. Of course, Avatar 2 would be a Disney project, but if it can't beat Top Gun Maverick, then the stat would be broken this year, the first time and I think it'd be like six years. So... Be kind of crazy if uh, we actually didn't get a Disney win for the first time in quite a few years. They, they've always been on top. And to be fair, you know, the top five is like all Disney and Top Gun. So they're, they're still on top. But Top Gun's just, you know, it's just one of those exceptions. It's the Maverick, you know? Yeah, it, it really is. I showed Top Gun Maverick to Andrea for the first time this week, actually. And, you know, she, she, she thought it was fine. But it, it's, it's still <laughs> fucking beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, she, she's not a huge uh, Tom Cruise fan. Every time he was on screen, she was, like, roasting him. It was like, uh, like a commentary sidetrack. For sure, me. I used to not be much of a Tom Cruise fan, but I, uh, I, he's warming up to me a lot. I'm really looking He's warming, warming up to me. He really is. 
He really, really is. Yeah. Like, he's the guy championing theaters at this point. That's part of it, yeah. yeah. Like, did you see that? Was it for, like, Cinecon or something? Him promoing a, uh, on the freaking jet, him promoing a, uh... Yeah. What did you call it? A Mission, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible 7, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he yeah. Me, Everything uh, about Tom Cruise, I just find fascinating. And like, there's directors that champion film as well, like Martin Scorsese and stuff. But they still make streaming movies. Tom Cruise is purely he's champion theaters, and he's only doing theaters. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Like, and to be fair, I thought it was a crazy call a year and a half ago. But do you not remember in 2020 when Tom Cruise? Refused to let Paramount put the movie on Paramount Plus. Top oh, Gun Maverick. He wasn't fucking having it. He was not having it. Yeah, and I remember kind of thinking that was crazy. I thought, well, like, is it gonna even make that much money in theaters? Like, I was skeptical until obviously when it was released. Like when we did our box office draft, I was still skeptical at this movie. I didn't have much faith in it, and I was like, just put it on Paramount Plus. It's not gonna make a whole lot of money in theaters, anyways. And Tom Cruise. Proved me and everyone wrong. Like, he he knew. He knew he had fucking gold he, here. Yeah. He knew he had a hit on his hand. He yeah. watched that movie and goes, yeah, this is gold. Yeah. And it was such a good call on him. Like, I honestly don't even know if I would have this as one of my favorite films of the year if it was just some streaming movie. Like, if I never saw this in theaters, I don't know if I would have had that love and passion that a lot of people have for this movie. So it was an incredible call by him. Really. I remember thinking it was crazy two years ago, but it was worth the wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Yeah, so you know that's everything on my end here. Anything else, Tristan, about the news of movies or anything new going on? No, that's all for me, man. All right, perfect. Uh, well, we'll see you guys in a few weeks' time, and until then, have a great day.